Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm Dr. Holly Thacker. I'm the Executive Director of National Speaking of Women's Health, which is a nonprofit dedicated to women to empower them to be strong, be healthy, and be in charge. And I am happy to be back in the Sunflower House this January of 2023. I'd like to thank our executive producer, Lee Kleckar. And I want to get into our topic for today on this cold winter day, why you need vitamin D for a stronger immune system. Dr. Alexa Nicole Fifik, who is our senior fellow in specialized women's health, authored a terrific column on vitamin D. And you know, vitamin D isn't a vitamin, it's a pro-sterile hormone. And I talk to patients about vitamin D every day, and I'm a hormone specialist. Now, this podcast is not medical advice, but it certainly will empower you to be healthy and strong and in charge. And there's a lot of key research regarding the importance of the so-called sunshine vitamin. We've known for some time that vitamin D levels drop in the wintertime, especially the farther one is away from the equator and direct sunshine. Low vitamin D levels can lead to an increase in respiratory infections, amongst other conditions, including seasonal affective disorder, arthritis, multiple sclerosis is more common the farther north you go. And there is an increased risk of some cancers. We've seen a lot of COVID-19, of course, in the last few years. And we see peaks of all sorts of respiratory infections, including RSV and flu in the winter. So everyone needs to get acquainted with this miracle pro-sterol hormone, vitamin D3. That's actually not a true vitamin. You might ask, how much vitamin D should I be getting? Well, it might surprise you, but it's probably more than you think. Does my multiple vitamin have enough vitamin D? Probably not if you're over 40 and live in a northern climate. Also, the darker your skin is, It has more melanin content, which is like built-in sunscreen. In addition, the higher body weight folks, more body fat that you carry, may also have lower levels since it's fat-soluble. So what do you do if your level is low? Well, you increase your intake under your physician's guidance. What is vitamin D? When I told you it's not a vitamin... Unlike vitamin C, in fact, if you don't get vitamin C, you get scurvy. That's what happened to the pirates. So they brought limes and oranges for vitamin C. B12 is a true vitamin. In fact, you have to ingest that or over a period of time, you could have severe consequences. So true vitamins are something that your body can never, ever make and thus you must ingest it from your diet. But as I mentioned, 
Vitamin D is a pro-sterol hormone, and it helps with calcium and phosphate absorption. Thus, it's important for building and maintaining healthy bones in all stages of human life, including in utero. It affects cell signaling and immunity as well. Vitamin D is important for the prevention and treatment of postmenopausal bone loss. Now, I frequently tell my patients that calcium and vitamin D is necessary but not sufficient for treatment of an existing disease. And I make the comparison that if you had pneumonia and you saw your physician, they wouldn't simply say, go get some fresh air. We all need fresh air and oxygen. No, you would be provided with adequate oxygen, but also actual therapy for the pneumonia. So hygienic measures such as good diet and exercise and calcium and vitamin D are very important for bone health. And in future podcasts, we will talk a lot more about osteoporosis and osteoporosis treatments. But getting back to vitamin D deficiency, according to many lines of evidence, vitamin D deficiency is associated with an increased risk of colon cancer, which is on the rise. In fact, If you're an average risk person, we start screening for colon cancer at age 45, not 50, age 45. Prostate cancer, breast cancer, which is on every woman's mind. And oh, we will have so much more information about breast cancer. In fact, Dr. Alexa Fifik is going to be hosting a Speaking of Women's Health Let's All Talk Menopause Town Hall for Women live on February 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern. In fact, check out our website, speakingofwomenshealth.com, for more information so you can join our, our live town hall. And it will have a focus on menopause and hot flashes in women with breast cancer or women at high risk for breast cancer. Other conditions that are associated with vitamin D deficiency include diabetes mellitus, high blood pressure, arthritis, multiple sclerosis, vitamin D in the immune system. More recently, vitamin D has been found to have a potentially significant impact on the immune system. It helps your cells communicate with each other, and it's been found that all cells in the immune system have vitamin D receptors. In particular, immune cells called the T cells, of which there are many kinds that perform different roles, can either be activated or suppressed by vitamin D. So vitamin D plays a role in both autoimmune conditions and infectious diseases, including COVID-19. There have been studies that show vitamin D supplementation can reduce upper respiratory tract infections. And that's one of the reasons we see more infections in the wintertime, because of lower levels. However, we also see more infections because people stay inside and without fresh air, if it's recirculated or being in close quarters with other people with a respiratory illness, that's another reason that we see more infections. It's not the cold air per se, but it's the consequences of the cold air 
which can also dry out the mucous membranes. And if you have tiny cracks in the very delicate nasal mucosa of your nose, that's another reason that people pick up more respiratory illnesses through their nose. And rinsing out the nares with a very dilute less than 1% hydrogen peroxide or less than 1% providone iodine, like a little tincture in in saline or uh, water, assuming no iodine allergy, rinsing and lavaging out the nose and gargling twice a day is an excellent viricidal prevention. So how is vitamin D related to COVID? Well, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, studies have been investigating how vitamin D has a role in COVID outcomes. Studies that look back on patients that were hospitalized for COVID infection versus those that remained at home for their recovery showed much lower levels of serum vitamin D in those hospitalized. Some randomized controlled trials have even shown a higher rate of respiratory support in those with low levels and a longer ICU stay in those with low vitamin D. A recent meta-analysis of 54 clinical studies demonstrated patients with low vitamin D levels are at an increased risk of acute respiratory distress syndrome, ICU admission, and mortality from COVID-19. Several decades ago, my mother, a nurse, had influenza that then was complicated with a secondary bacterial infection, and then she developed acute respiratory distress syndrome, so-called ARDS, and died. And now as a physician, I often wonder, as a busy mother of three young children and a full-time nurse, if she herself had in fact been low in vitamin D. So what does a sufficient level of vitamin D mean? It kind of depends on which lab is assaying your blood work. But in general, you need a level of at least 30 or 32 for bone health. But for immune status, we like to see levels of 50 to 55. And people with those levels have much better outcomes if they're infected with SARS-CoV-2 than those with insufficient or deficient amounts. So how much vitamin D do you need? Well, The American Endocrine Society and the National Osteoporosis Foundation provide some guidelines for your doctor to discuss recommendations with you individually. In general, the basic recommendation for an adult person under 50 should be at least 400 to 800 international units per day. But for a lot of my patients in a northeast climate, it's just simply too low to maintain a level. In fact, the RDA recommended daily allowance of 400 international units wasn't set by any specific scientific study. In fact, it was simply mom knows best because in a teaspoon of cod liver oil, which has both vitamin A and D, and vitamin A is a real vitamin, and just twice the amount of the daily recommended dose over time can be toxic to the liver and can be a big problem in pregnant women, So vitamin A is a real vitamin, whereas vitamin D is the prosterol hormone. I generally do not recommend cod liver oil as a source of vitamin D simply because you can get too much vitamin A. But that's how much was in a teaspoon of cod liver oil. And that's what moms used to give children to prevent rickets. So it really wasn't based 
on any prospective science. The recommendation for people over age 50 is that they should get 800 to 1,000 units per day in the form of D3, which is cholecalciferol. There are other ways to get vitamin D, sunlight, but it has to be at the right latitude and skin must be exposed without clothes or sunscreen. There are some foods that have vitamin D, not very many. So if you eat like an Alaskan and have cod liver oil and salmon and reindeer meat and maybe some suntanned irradiated mushrooms, you're going to get some in your diet. So for many people, they need a supplement or even sometimes a prescription. So now that winter's here and sunlight is less available, ingesting enough vitamin D from food or supplements is even more crucial. Furthermore, it still can be difficult to get vitamin D from foods. So some foods that you can add to your diet with vitamin D include fatty fish, beef liver, fortified milk, cow, and soy. The one thing I would say about milk, though, is vitamin D is fat-soluble. So if they add the vitamin D to the milk after it's pasteurized, but then skim the fat off to make it skim or low-fat, they're actually skimming off some of the vitamin D. So there have been studies showing that some of the milk in the grocery stores does not have the amount of vitamin D it says. And furthermore, you really do have to drink a lot of milk. So some teenagers who drink several glasses of milk a day and run around outside without sunscreen, many times they have normal levels. But that's not the usual working busy adult. Other foods that have vitamin D, egg yolks, fortified orange juice, and some fortified cereals. But even then, you may not meet your daily intake goal. So estimate your daily intake, and then consider talking to your physician about whether you need a supplement. And one of the easiest ways to find out uh, if you're eating and absorbing enough calcium is to talk to your physician. In terms of calcium, it's much easier to get calcium in your diet, particularly if you like dairy. There's a lot more foods that are calcium rich. Now, checking a blood test for calcium doesn't reflect your total body stores. Usually your physician needs to do a 24-hour urine calcium collection. If your levels of vitamin D are low, though, that's usually relatively easily ascertained by a 25-hydroxy vitamin D test. And it usually needs to be over 32 nanograms per milliliter for bone health. But as I mentioned earlier, optimized for immunologic health, many physicians recommend a level over 50. Lifeguards, by the way, in the summer can get levels of 150 and be just fine. So if your levels are low, you might need a loading dose of 10,000 units of vitamin D3. That's generally considered the daily maximum dose for three months with a recheck. If your level is really low, like under 12, and I see some really low levels in my practice, you may need further testing to see why you're that low. Bowel disease, celiac disease, parathyroid disease are some of the things that come to mind. You might wonder, does my multiple vitamin have enough vitamin D? 
Unfortunately, most over-the-counter vitamins don't usually have enough vitamin D to reach the goal. Some do, and anytime you see your physician, it's really important to bring in not just all your prescription medicines, but also any over-the-counter vitamins or supplements. Talking to your healthcare clinician, your doctor, or your nurse practitioner to help choose a separate vitamin D, it's important uh, to know what the right dose for you, your health conditions, your immune function, disease prevention, as well as bone health. So talk to your doctor about this and take charge of yourself and your health. Be strong, be healthy, and be in charge. So a big thanks to Dr. Alexa Fifik for this column, which you can see on speakingofwomenshealth.com. And it links to systematic reviews on PubMed. It includes links to articles of the meta-analysis that was discussed, as well as vitamin D status and SARS-CoV-2 infections and COVID-19 clinical outcomes. It links to vitamin D and bone health information and a nice review article on vitamin D supplements are multiple vitamins sufficient in the British Medical Journal. Dr. Fifik, you will hear from uh, because she'll be on our podcasting as a guest in the future and she's also someone who will be leading some of our lay women's virtual events. Dr. Fiffick was born and raised in the greater Cleveland area, and she graduated from Case Western Reserve University in 2012 with a bachelor's in sociology with a minor in dance and chemistry. And I understand she was a homecoming queen at Case. She then went on to get a master's in biomedical science at the Commonwealth Medical College in 2013. She spent a year working in research, and then she went to medical school at the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine, graduating in 2018. She then graduated from Doctors Hospital Family Medicine Program Residency with a focus on women's health, and spent time working with underserved communities via mobile medicine and residency. And then she came to the Specialized Women's Health fellowship and she is finishing up that fellowship and I am hoping to recruit her as a partner. But a lot of other people are also very interested in Dr. Fiffick as well. So we'll just have to stay tuned for that. Well, I really, really thank you all for joining us for this podcast. And you have been listening to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our podcast, share it with others. You can go on speakingofwomenshealth.com and click on donate to our nonprofit. You can also leave a rating and a review. And to catch all the latest, please subscribe wherever you catch your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, Apple Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. Thanks again for joining us in the Sunflower House, and we will see you next time.